Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning. Would you stand with us as we prepare to worship this morning? There's a swing in my voice and a song in my praise Pushing back when the darkest weapons fall There's a power on my lips even death can't defy When the name of our God is lifted high Serious resurrection Say the name of Jesus, resurrection power, will be raised a mighty sound. So come on, let the praise get loud, make that empty grave resound. There is resurrection power, it is there.
There isn't time enough to see 
Jesus, this song is forever yours. A thousand hallelujahs and a thousand more. God, I thank you so much that we can bring whatever kind of hallelujah we have to you, God, whether it's out of joy or whether it's out of um, grief or sadness or even anger or frustration. God, you can hold it all. And we just thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you are so close every time. And so, God, in the midst of all this, I just ask for each one here, God, that you would just come near and that you would show your face in whatever, whatever way we all need individually, God, whether it's provision or security or faith or um, just joy, God, for what's happening in life, God. You are present in all things, and you know us each individually and personally. So, God, I just ask that you come near and let this hallelujah, God, that we sing to you be so sweet to your heart and to your, to your just being, to your spirit, God. Will you just cover us? Would you just come near and just enfold us in the way that we need in your presence, God, in Jesus' name.
that we take often together or we invite you to take almost every single Sunday is just a posture of, of maybe sitting down. That if you have a need or even something that you're grateful for that, that maybe is too big for you or too heavy for you, one, one of the things we do is we invite you actually to sit down so that people that you don't know, maybe you do know, can come around you and either symbolically or physically lay a hand on you to remind you that you are not alone. Amen? And so we're gonna pray, and I just invite you this, this Sunday, if, if you have something that you're bringing before God this morning that maybe is too much for you, too big for you, that you can't do it on your own, I just invite you to take a seat. You don't have to share it with anybody. You don't have to let them know what it is. Just as a way of, of maybe surrendering or striking a different posture in order to receive from God, and we're gonna pray. So Heavenly Father, we look to you today. 
and we affirm that we are not independent, that we are not self-sufficient, that we don't have everything that we need. And that's why we're here, that's why we come to link up with you, to partner with you, to be rejuvenated by you, to be made new from the inside out, that we don't, we don't have to have it all in ourselves, but we look to you, the author, creator, and the finisher of our faith. And so I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. God, I know that you have something for each one of us today. For those of us who need to be challenged, God, I pray that you would challenge us. For those of us who need to be comforted, God, I pray that you would comfort us. I pray that those who need peace, that you would give it. That those who need hope, you would give it. That no, those who need some inspiration, that you'd give that to. And we don't just pray for ourselves. We know that we are but one representation of the church that you've created, that you've put here on the earth. And so we pray for the other parts of the body of Christ. And today we lift up Hope Reformed, even in our own community. God, would you be with them? Would your presence be in the midst of them? Your joy go before them. We also pray for partners that we partner with across the globe. This morning, we, we lift up Dave serving with the noon people with, with global partners. God, would you deeply encourage him? Would you give him unique insight and wisdom as he's out in the community connecting with people who have never heard of you? Would you give him inspiration and encouragement today? And finally, God, we pray for ourselves. Would you open up our hearts and open up our minds for the word that you have for us today? And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And somebody said, come on. Amen. amen and amen. Well, if you're in Spring Lake, you can take a seat. So glad that you're here this morning. My name's Evan. I'm one of the pastors here at All Shores. And I do want to welcome all of you who are joining us online, our Coopersville campus, our Muskegon campus. Also want to welcome those of you who are new joining us for the first time or for the first time in a long time. Come on, church family. Can you show them some love? We're so glad you're here. We would love to connect with you. If you want to, we'd love to hear a little bit more of your story, your name. Um, put a put a face with the name. And the best way that we know how to do that is through our connection card. Um, so there's a QR code in the seat back in front of you that you can fill out um, with your phone. Or you can always go to allshores.org, scroll on our screen, and there's a button that says connect with us. We would love to get in touch with you, with you this week. If you're in-house this morning and you want to go to our connection point after service, it's that booth in our lobby. We have a gift that we'd love to put in your hands before you leave today. Just to say thank you for spending part of your weekend with us, you can fill out a connection card there as well. And uniquely today, this is the one Sunday um, throughout the entire year where we as a church vote on the leadership of the church. Those who are a part of our board, um, those delegates who are going to um, be a part of our regional conference here coming up next month. And so if you're a member and you want to vote today, we just encourage you to do that. There's a booth in every or a table in every lobby. If you're not a member of the church and you want to hear more about that so that you can participate, there's a way to sign up. Um, at that booth as well. We would love for you to participate. This is also the time of the service where we give back to God, recognizing ultimately that everything we have is his. And we give back a portion of that, recognizing that, that he's united us as the church to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. And we know that we can do so much more together than any of us can ever do apart. 
Well, you picked a great day to be in church. I'm so excited for, for the rest of our time together. Why don't we turn our eyes to the screen for what comes next? is through a thought or a picture or a sense to respond in obedience or an invitation to respond to you, would you just speak? Some of you have never made the decision to follow Jesus. You've never responded to this very reality that he came, he lived, he died, he rose again, that he meets you in the depth of your sin, in the waters of sin. as well, we will become people that bring and witness baptism to others and offer hope and life in the depth of their struggle. I ask this in your name and in your power. Carissa Wesley. My name is Shelby Zakow, and I moved to this area about three years ago. I co-lead a women's group, and I just extended the invite out to her. Um, the group has been so encouraging for me. When you come to a new place and you don't have family that's already built in, you kind of have to make that family. And I made it here with a lovely group of ladies. Um, and I want to just extend that to her because I, I truly believe like we're made for connection. We're made to be in community. I was unsure of what I was going to say. Like, did, did I know enough to say what I think I needed to say? I would say to anybody who was worried, nervous, um, feels like maybe this is totally out of their league or something that they could not do, I would encourage them to do it. Um, you never know what's going to be on the other side, the friendships, the relationships. Um, I can say within the last five months, my life has drastically changed from everybody because of everybody that I've been able to meet and connect with. And it's only scary for a minute, but it does get better. And the other side is so rewarding and very thankful for that. I want to welcome those joining us online, all of you here in our Spring Lake campus. 
We just finished a five-week series. We titled, Who is Jesus? And looked through some very significant passages in the New Testament. And next week, we begin a new series that's we're calling The Big Three Blessings of God. It's a beautiful picture from a benediction in Scripture. And this week, in between, we've said that this is Leadership Sunday. And, uh, and we're part of an event coming up that kind of is a centering piece of that. And I want to explain it to you this way. It was 1995, the first year that they ever was having an event called the Global Leadership Summit. In fact, I was invited to go as part of a church staff and hadn't really even thought much about leadership, hadn't considered, am I a leader or not? And every year since, or almost every year, I have been going and been a part of this and discovered we're all leaders in different ways. And so it's this wonderful infusion. And the champion for that event, which is now at over 100 sites, hundreds of sites actually, we're one of the host sites for it in August on the 3rd and 4th. His name is Craig Rochelle. Craig is a pastor at Life Church, and as I said before, is also the champion and kind of the anchor for this leadership event. And so today, we're going to hear a message from Craig that was really given for all of us who are hosting coming up. But the question it will answer is, what is a leader and am I one? And I believe at the end, you'll emphatically go, we are. And so we want you to hear from Craig and then give some encouragement following up. But this fits very much with who we are as a church so let me pray, and then we'll hear from Craig Rochelle. Lord, I ask you to speak to us today. Speak to us every, every way you want to, personally, together, collectively, in our own places of life. And help us not to think we're not made this way, but help us to see how we are made in your image and how you've called us to lead. So I just pray you'll move. You'll speak wherever we are, from questioning to fully devoted and everywhere in between that you would encourage, inspire, ignite in phases of life and circumstance that we see how you've made us. I pray now that your spirit would move in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's listen to Craig. Hey, quick question today before we start. I'm curious, are there any influencers in our presence today? If you're an influencer would you raise your hand right now? Just raise your hand up, raise your hand up. Raise, I got a couple here at your church today. I'm wondering if there's an influencer, would you just raise your hand? Okay, thank you. Got a couple of influencers here. Appreciate you, glad to have you in the house. My name is Craig Rochelle and I am honored to serve as the pastor of Life Church. I have been married for 32 years to my best friend. We have six children. We have three sons-in-law, we have five grandkids, and we have a grand dog. And uh, a lot of people see our six kids, and they say, you must love kids. I do love kids, but even more, I love that girl sitting next to me. I love my wife so much, and so thankful for you and the legacy of kids and grandkids that we have. And I'm very, very honored to serve and represent the Global Leadership Network, which hosts the greatest leadership conference in the world, the Global Leadership Summit. Uh, it's likely that you have heard about it. If you have not, I would love to invite you to be a part of the Global Leadership Summit along with tens of thousands of people from around the world uh, at one of hundreds of sites in the U.S. Uh, to help you grow in your leadership. And that's what I want to do today is I want to bring a Christ-centered approach 
to leadership and talk to you about your leadership. Now, some of you are gonna say, but uh, thank you. I wish I hadn't come to church today because I'm not a leader. I don't even have a title. I wanna remind you what leadership is. What is leadership? Leadership is influence. And the good news is you have influence. With all of my heart, I want you to know that I believe that God has called you to be an influencer. God has called every single one of you to be an influencer. Key thought for today, we'll revisit again and again because you have no idea how one conversation, one word of encouragement, or one expression of love might change someone's life. You have no idea how God might use one word of encouragement, one conversation, one moment of influence to change someone's life. Now, I asked you earlier, do we have any influencers in the house? And very few people raised their hands. Why do you think that is? I would suggest that the reason why most people don't see themselves as influencers is because culture has hijacked the true meaning of influence. I uh, looked it up online and I just typed in, what is an influencer? And the very first definition that came up was this. An influencer is an individual who has the power to affect purchase decisions of others because of their authority, knowledge, or relationship with their audience. I gotta scratch my head when I see that. An influencer is someone who influences purchase decisions? Like, I'm sorry, I know I'm in my 50s, but I'm a little bit confused because when I was growing up, I used to think that teachers were very influential in the lives of a lot of students. I had some coaches that were influencers and changed the trajectory of my life. There were Sunday school teachers who could shape the lives of children. And today, most would say, well, an influencer, that's a celebrity or a thought leader or a content creator. As I researched influencers online, I honestly gave up trying to find any single article that didn't talk about social media and influencers together, which is absolutely tragical and anti-biblical in my opinion. What I wanna do today is bring a message of encouragement to your church, and I wanna try to help you reclaim the word influencer. The title of this message is, Don't Waste Your Influence. Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit, would you stir within us to accept your calling to shine the bright light of Jesus into a dark world, influencing people toward the things of God and that which brings you glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody, would you say aloud? It's no fun without you. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. Uh, let's start in God's word with the words of Jesus. Matthew chapter five, uh, starting in verse 13, Jesus is going to tell us who we are. He says this, who are you? 
Jesus says, you are the what? Let's all say it aloud. It's no fun without you. You are the salt of the earth and you are what? You are the light of the world. What are you? You are salt and you are light. Salt purifies, it preserves, it flavors, light shines, light dispels the darkness. Touch your neighbor and say, you're salty. Touch your neighbor and say, you're salty. Touch your second choice and say, you're shiny, you're shiny. What are you? You're salt and your light, you are the light of the world. And Jesus said, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, church, what is your assignment? In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You are salt and you are light. What I wanna do today is I wanna try to shift how we think about influence. And the problem is with our current view of influence is most people think it starts with platform. Platform, you gotta have a big platform. I wanna submit to you that true and lasting influence always starts with people before platform. It's always about the people in your influence and never ever forget what is a leader. A leader is someone who influences and all of you have influence. For example, um, I wanna kind of give you the story behind the story. I'm honored to um, be the pastor of Life Church. And if you said, who started Life Church? Who influenced the start of Life Church? Well, if you might know our story, you'd probably say, well, Craig, you and Amy did uh, 27 years ago. And if you know a little more details, you say, uh, there are some amazing people like Jim and Pat uh, with 40 people or so that gathered in a two car garage. And so it was actually Craig and Amy and about those 40 people who influenced the start of Life Church. But if you know even more of the story, you would say, well, actually, there's a man named Pastor Nick Harris, who actually helped influence the start of Life Church because when I became a Christian, I felt called to ministry, but I was a business major when I became a Christian and nobody told me to change my major. So I graduated with a business degree and said, I wanna be a pastor. And all the churches said, you don't have a Christian degree. And so I started going to a church and my pastor, Nick, who I'd never met, said, bring as many people as you can next Sunday because I'm gonna present the gospel. So I went back to my fraternity and saw my old drunk fraternity brothers and said, all of you are going to church with me this week. And they all said to bleep, we aren't. And I would have said to bleep, you are, but I was a Christian. So I didn't say to bleep, you are. I said, yes, you are. And I managed to get 17 of them to come to this church together, sitting in pews. There was more testosterone in those two sections and probably since 1862. And my pastor said, if you brought someone with you, would you have your friend stand? And I stood up with three rows of hungover guys. And everybody looking, and my pastor, you could see the wheels turning. And he said, well, if you brought somebody, you remain standing and everybody else sit down. And I was still standing there. And he went over to one of the other pastors and you could hear him because he had a lav mic on. You just heard him go up to him and say, find that guy over there and hire him. And that's how I became a pastor. (laughs) 
and I hadn't been to seminary yet, and I felt very, very insecure, and I said, but I cannot be a pastor, and Nick said, if you can influence that many people to come to church, God can do something special with you. So, who influenced the start of Life Church? Well, certainly Amy did, and 40 people did, and Nick did, but there was also someone else his name is actually Mike. And Mike was very likely the gentleman that was handing out free Gideon Bibles back when I was partying my little brains out and walked out of a business class and took a free Bible and started reading it. And I read in Matthew about how they killed Jesus and he rose again. And I read in Mark about how they killed Jesus and he rose again. And I read in Luke about how they killed Jesus and he rose again. I thought, you think he'd see it coming after all these times. And I had no idea, but I read ahead to Ephesians and I read that you could be saved by the grace of God and not by works so no man could boast. And I knelt down in a little softball field, a very sinful and broken person and I prayed the best prayer I knew how and called on the name of Jesus. And when I stood up, I was different. And so if you ask who helped influence the start of Life Church, you probably better include Mike and maybe the people who made the Bible and those who shipped it and those who donated to the Gideons to help me get it. And if you go back even before that, there was this really cool guy at a school when I wasn't a Christian that I looked up to, not because he was just a great athlete, but because he was a great guy. And I was standing behind him in a line and looked down, he had this bracelet. I said, that's a cool bracelet. And he showed it to me and he said, the Lord is my strength and my shield. I was like, wow, that's bold, that's bold. You're wearing a Lord bracelet. I said, that's so cool. And he said, you like it? And I said, yeah, that's so cool. And this guy that I'd never met before said, I feel like I'm supposed to give this to you. And he took the bracelet off and he gave it to me. And I remember at that moment thinking, whatever he has, I want. It didn't happen at the moment, but there was a seed of influence planted in the soil of my heart. And that's why I want to tell you that influence isn't always instant. And influence isn't always obvious. Just because you don't see the harvest doesn't mean the seed didn't take root. Because you have no idea how our God might use one conversation, one word of encouragement, one expression of love to change someone's life. I wonder how many influencers do we have with us at church today? Ah, I think God is happy about that because you're salty and you're shiny. I'll show you my favorite story in all the New Testament of influence by the most unusual influencer you could ever imagine. In John chapter four, there was a woman that no one would have ever thought would influence anyone towards something special. Uh, to give you the context, Jesus was on a trip and he passed through Samaria, which was unusual because 
Jews hated Samaritans and Samaritans hated Jews. And the Jews hated Samaritans because they were half Jewish and they were half Gentile. And the Jews would say a Samaritan in their mind was less than a human and worse than a dog. And Jesus was passing through Samaria and he sat down by a well and there was not just a woman, which would have been unusual for a man to interact with, but a Samaritan woman drawing water. And Jesus dignified her with a conversation. And Jesus said to her, hey, ma'am, would you please give me a drink? And in John chapter four, verse nine, she was shocked. The Bible says the woman was surprised. She couldn't believe that Jesus would speak to her because Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. And she said to Jesus, uh, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, you can imagine with love. He said, if only you knew the gift that God has for you and who you're talking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. And she's like, I'm confused. This is a trivia game. I don't have a bucket and the, deep, the well is really, really deep. How are you gonna get this water? And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks of this water, the water from that well, will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I give will never be thirsty again. And the woman's like, please, 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 I want this water. And Jesus said, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. And the woman, probably very ashamed, said, I don't have a husband, she replied. And Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband for you have, you've had five husbands and you aren't even married to the one that you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. I want you to get the context of what's going on here. Most people would look and say, Jesus was talking to an immoral woman. But what Jesus saw was a miracle waiting to happen. See, he might've known the story behind the story. And when a lot of people would judge her, I could imagine there might be a reason why she was going through what she was going through. Think about it. She might've been, I'm just imagining this isn't in the Bible, but this could have been true for her. Maybe she grew up without a dad. And maybe somewhere along the way, she got mixed up in the wrong crowd. Uh, maybe she had a bad uncle that took advantage of her and abused her. Maybe this poor girl never wanted that lifestyle, but she'd end up in a cycle of dysfunction because she didn't know how to relate to a man in a healthy way. And she knew that everybody would have disliked her because of her reputation. That's why she showed up during the hottest part of the day because she didn't wanna draw any attention to herself. And then they're having this conversation. She's talking to Jesus and he's, and he's, he's offering her living water. It starts to dawn on her, wait, 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 wait a minute. I've heard, I've, I've heard the rumors like, the, like, the, like the, the Savior's supposed to come and the, like the Messiah, and there's this guy, he's been like loving people, he's been like healing them. And I heard that he, like he healed blind eyes and I, I heard he opened deaf ears and I heard that he was like accepting people that were really broken. Maybe this is him. Why else would a Jewish man offer someone like me living water? And in John 8, scripture says, in John 4, verse 28, the Bible says that the woman 
left the jar beside the well and ran back to the village. And what did she do? She told everybody, come and see the man who told me everything I did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? She told everyone, so the people came streaming from the village to see him. What I love about this is what do you see? Is you've got a woman who's probably an outcast, who messed up again and again, who's hurting. And this broken woman teaches us that you don't need to have your life all together to influence someone for Jesus. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be a seminary grad. You don't have to be able to find all the books of the Bible and they say, turn to Habakkuk and you say, oh, where is it? You don't have to pray the perfect prayers. You don't have to have gone without sinning for a whole week. You just have to care about people and love people and know the source that offers the living water. Just genuine, sincere, loving passion. I'll give you an example of how simple it can be. Um, this is a photo of my daughter, Joy, um, and she's worshiping. And I got an email from a guy who um, said this about seeing Joy worship. He said, I recently attended a Christian concert in Oklahoma City. I had a ticket for the pit where I was right next to the stage. And there was a girl beside me the entire time and something about her was just different. Something about her worship was different. I was in awe of how she represented God. After that night, I took away the idea that I have to become closer to God so I can have something special just like she did. Something that draws me closer to God, where it represents through me, where others can see my love for God. Later that week, I attended the night of worship at Life Church in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and you posted a photo of your daughter Joy on the screen, and I was like, wow. That girl was my pastor's daughter the entire night. That explains so much. It was your daughter that was so connected with God that it was contagious and wanted me to love God like that. Just the way somebody worshiped was contagious. And that very night, Joy told me that there was a young girl with her that was very alone at the concert, not singing, looked broken, and Joy went up to her and said, can I just pray with you? And the girl started crying. Joy witnessed to her. Joy, very simply, shared the good news of Jesus and offered her living water. Just simply being available. Just wor worship can be a witness. And this woman, who was loved by Jesus, ran back to her village and told everyone, 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 What's funny about this story, if you read the whole thing, is she's bringing people to Jesus and the disciples showed back up and guess what they were thinking about? Food. That's <laughs> funny to me, because that would have been me. Like, Jesus, that's good, you healed everybody, but where's lunch, all right? And so they came back and said, where's the food? And Jesus uses this kind of farming metaphor and he said, the fields are ripe for harvest and he said the laborers, or we might say in today's um, meta metaphor, we might say the influencers are few. The, the world needs hope. The world needs healing. The world needs light. The world needs salt. 
and the influencers are few. In John 4, verse 39, scripture tells how this woman influenced people that many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two weeks, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. The question that I want you to answer is this, who did God use? Not an Instagram star, not a YouTube influencer, not a celebrity or not a viral post. God used a woman whose name we don't even know. God used a woman who minutes earlier was searching for love in all the wrong places. And that proves you don't have to have your life all together to influence someone for Jesus. You're an influencer. You're an influencer. Don't waste your influence. Don't waste it. The smallest things, the smallest things. When I became a new Christian, I, this is an embarrassing confession, so I'm sorry. Uh, I heard a message on tithing. Give 10% of your income. I didn't pay a lot of attention. So I went to a Christian bookstore and gave them 10% of my income. That's what I did in exchange for some really cool t-shirts and some awesome cassette tapes and, and, a, and a cross pen. Now, just for the record, that's not what tithing is, but that's, I just, I wasn't paying attention. Tithing goes to God, but I took it to God's bookstore. Okay, so that's not how you do it. But I got this, look, the pen I got was a little bit smaller than this. A little bit smaller than this. Um, it actually looked a lot cooler than this, but anyway. I would wear it like this, and I wore it my very first day out, and someone came up to me, and they said, oh, that's a really cool pin. That's really bold. That's cool. And I remembered the Lord bracelet. And I said, oh, you like it, do you? I feel like I'm supposed to give that to you. And so I gave it to him. I went back, took an offering to the Christian bookstore because it was above 10%, and I <laughs> bought, bought, a, bought another uh, cross thing. I didn't get home and someone else complimented it and I gave it to them. So then I got smart and I bought 20. <laughs> and I would put one on and a couple in my pocket. And I went to this convenience store and there was this lady who was very sweet, um, but by her appearance might've had more of a difficult life than many other people. And she said, oh, I like that cross you're wearing. And I said, oh, I'm so glad you do because I feel like I'm supposed to give it to you. And she put her hand out and she said, no, 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 no. Not with what's going on in my life. I'm not, I'm not worthy to wear that cross. And I felt very empowered to tell her, I was exactly where you were and felt very unworthy. And this is, you're exactly the type of person that God loves. And I think he sent me in here, not for a big gulp, but to give you a little cross. And she let me pray for her and she cried and she cried and she cried and she cried. And I gave her her little pen and I left and almost forgot about the story until years later, Pastor Nick helped me get into ministry. And a guy named Gary helped me start the church. 
And Pastor Jerry showed up in the early years and helped me build it along with Pastor Sam and other people. And all these people helped me do what we have now, which is live church. And one Sunday after church, I was in the lobby and this lady came up and she said, I knew you were gonna be a pastor. And I said, what do you mean? She said, you don't remember me from 7-Eleven. I said, you're my cross girl, aren't you? And she said that one little gift helped change the trajectory of her life. And she hugged me and that time she prayed for me and thanked God for one little gift. What I want you to know is that your salt and your light, like you're, you're a spiritual influencer. And it's as simple as inviting someone to come to your church or giving an offering or the real tithe to your church or like serving in your church, serving in the kids' ministry, serving on the host team, just listening to someone that's hurting and offering to pray for them. It could be texting someone a Bible verse or posting your pastor's clip of his or her message on your Instagram account. It could be giving something to someone when they're in need in the name of Jesus. And I want you to know is that you have no idea how God might use one conversation, one word of encouragement, one expression of love to change someone's life. Who are you? You're not just a leader, you're a spiritual leader. You're an influencer. Don't waste your influence. Don't waste your influence. You have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of you. Let the light shine. Let the light shine. Let the fire overtake you. The fire, the passion to serve God, to love God, to represent God wherever you go. When you walk into the room, hope walks into the room. When you walk into the room, help walks into the room. When you walk into the room, healing walks into the room because you bear the power of Christ who transforms Life. I got a question today. How many influencers are in the room? If you're an influencer, raise your hand. Leave them up right now as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you empower this church to be your light in the community? Stir up the spiritual gift of divine leadership within us to do your will on earth as it is in heaven. Empower this church, God, to be a vessel in the community, lifting up the name of Jesus as we lift up his name, draw people unto him, that you would build your church, change people's lives, transform the community, all for your glory as these influencers are released in the world to let the salt work and to let the light shine. Bless them now in the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. and amen. amen. Igniting and inspiring, isn't it? And it takes me even to our very vision that we want to be people that others see we've been with Jesus. That it's his influence, his presence, his life in us that then we're called to go and bring to others. In fact, we like to think of Sundays as a time, like an aircraft carrier. We come together to get refueled and sent out. And so even as we kind of will have a little time to sit in this today, before we do, I want to simply encourage and remind you of the influence you have to change the world around you. God will reach the world through each one of you where no one else can, in ways no one else can, in moments no one else can. And it's not just momentary 
seed times with people you don't know. Think of all those that you know and see your life that you put a seed in, you pour something out, and we watch God move over time. Like that's how the world changes. And so we want to encourage that. And if you want to learn more, even how do I live this out, our process that we call the journey is really helpful to both discover how do I live my inner life, abiding in Jesus, being filled with him, and how do I live my missional life, stepping out to love my neighbors and all the people around me I know and live and work with and are friends with. I also want to remind you that while we have this side of it, we also have the side that we get poured into. And so on August 3 and 4, we will be hosting the Leadership Summit. One of the, it's a world-class leader event. And you remember, you're all leaders, right? I want to be clear on that. You're all leaders. We've, we've had this event here for the last three or four years, and I've been going to it most years since 95. And I find from CEOs to people working in education to academia to the government roles to nonprofit and profit marketplace roles to working inside and outside of vocation to being retired and students, these events dramatically help people. I look in my own life and go, I've had times where in the midst of one of the communicators, there was a deep conviction and brokenness of how much I need God to walk with me. I've had other times of skill building and growing as a leader, learning leadership principles and just understanding how you live out of character and how you work with people and how communities form and all sorts of helps. And so we want to encourage that all of you would be a part of that and really help your influence. And so we're doing something over this next week. We have a discounted rate, and you'll get one of these when you head out today. That's a QR code to get to our site. And we want to encourage it. But I, I want to also tell you the theme and give you a little section of who the faculty are this year for it. And if you know someone that's gone, ask them about it. Because people will think, oh, I don't know if I want an event like that. And then they go, and we are amazed at what God does. And I'll tell you, people that are outside of the church are amazed at it too, because it's not exclusively Christian, but we have this great influence. So Craig is one of the champions for it. Craig will be a keynote, and he has great leadership stuff he always brings. We have two pastors at it. Albert Tate is the other one who has some really great new writings and understandings that we think will be helpful. But it's a cross-section. Condoleezza Rice will be there this year. And the theme is to lead where you are. It's the idea that every one of us has leadership and influence. For, for some of you, I, I was thinking about um, Liz Bohannon. She uh, wrote a book called Beginner's Pluck. I, I read it last year after hearing her at an event. And she really talks about specifically about how we, we don't know how to get to a place where we live our life on purpose or even find the things we're passionate and purposeful about. And she has some really great skill building and tools for that. Several of the different communicators are Harvard Business, Business School professors and bring different angles from that. Patrick Lencioni is one of my favorite. He is actually a, a leadership guru. He runs the table group and has done most people that are in any marketplace leadership know a lot about him. We actually use uh, his model for um, genius, working genius, which is really helpful in process and find that helpful. James Clear, uh, who wrote the book Atomic Habits, is really great. Take a look on the site. You'll see the other ones. I just think it is a wonderful two-day event. So first is, it's an invitation to you. We have a discounted rate for our church. We want you to come and be part of that two-day event, and I guarantee you will grow in your leadership and your influence just through the training and the event. We also do it as a way to influence our communities. There, there are not a lot of events offered in this area all year. This is a high caliber, globally impacting event that is offered at a very low rate compared to most things people have to go to. And so we work in every arena to invite people in our area. And you have influence to do that. So you can exercise your influence. Say, hey, there's this great event coming up. 
and give them stuff on it. And we want you to make use of that as well. You with me? So I want you to even pray. Is that an influence thing God would have for you? And is there a place to influence others? Take a look too, because there's some crediting people get. I think there's nursing hour crediting, and then there's also the SHRM crediting. There may be some other ones, but just take a look, because that can be helpful. I want to pray for us, going back to the reality that with all those things and skill building and character, ultimately this comes down to we are influenced by Jesus and changed by his spirit. Because that's what the woman did. She pretty much just brought the witness of what he'd done. And that's what we're asked to do. So let me pray, and then we're going to have a little time to worship and have communion together to close out our time. So Lord, I ask, uh, whatever you want to do, do among us. Encourage us, inspire us, Help us to see how valued we are by you and pour into us, influence our lives and change our lives that we would have something to share. And give us encouragement where we've planted seeds and and are concerned. I don't know if that's taken root. Let us be reminded of how that takes time and even years and that others are planting. Help us to even see how others are doing the same things we're doing and the impact that has. And let us rest in your eternal influence to be ones that influence through your power and your person. God, lead us above everything to just look at you, Jesus, at what you have done and what that's done to give us life and hope and influence. Help us to worship now out of that in your name. Amen. Amen. Let me invite you to stand. We're going to sing, and then I'll guide us through communion. I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet my savior on that cursed tree his body bound and drenched in tears They laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance sealed by heavy stone. Messiah still and all have you take a seat just for a few minutes. Hopefully when you came in, you got uh, the elements that we have for communion. The bread and the cup are literally in the one cup that you received when you came in. If you didn't get one, just every week we do this. So feel free anytime to take that. We don't have a stipulation that you have to be a member here. We do want to encourage you that this is an act we do. We call it a sacrament because we believe Jesus moves in it. We don't believe we just simply remember, but that he's actively imparting grace when we receive this together. And so if you want to pursue that with him, that's the invitation in this. 
You'll see the bread's in the top layer, and then there's a second layer for the actual cup. I'll take you back to how this began on the night Jesus was betrayed. He took a bread. It was a bread without leaven. It was a bread without any of what causes bread itself to rise or what was considered to be, in kind of a metaphoric way, the sin that caused us to elevate out of pride. He lived a completely sinless, humble life. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That's him. On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it, and he gave thanks. And he said, this is my body, and it's given for you. Given out of sacrifice and humility, that's the greatest act of influence, isn't it? Let's take of the bread. In the same way he took the cup, he said, this is the new covenant from my, from my bloodshed for the forgiveness of sins. Now, when you drank a cup together, you drank a destiny. And so it's a reminder that we're his. When we drink of it, it's a reminder of the joy that we drink of, but it's also a reminder that this cup should be shared. And we share it in great ways and little ways. When every moment we have to influence and love and encourage, it's a small taste of it, ultimately getting to the place where we long for people to fully know him. Let's take of the cup. Lord, I am asking that we would not seek to be well-known or have a platform, but we'd seek to be people that love others and influence them out of our relationships and the sphere you give us. God, let us know the nobility of every one of us has people to love and reach and share and give testimony like that woman at the well did in small ways and great ways to plant seeds. And Lord, let us never miss what it is rooted in of how you've sacrificed and lived and loved and influenced us to fill us and change us. So God, would you renew us, deepen that in us, even as we worship now in your name, amen. Let's stand and close out our time pointing to singing of our resurrected Lord.
We said this last week. The lion's greatest victory was as a sacrificial lamb. And then he takes broken, wounded, sinful people and he frees us and he fills us to then bring that same kind of lamb sacrificial love to others moment by moment, conversation by conversation, day by day. You are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. You are God's plan A. It's a good plan. And we are grateful to be part of it together, aren't we? Yes. Let me have you place your hands out and give you this blessing. May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ continually fill you with his spirit. <laughs> May you increasingly discover and experience his influence in your life and his filling in your life that you would bring his life to bear on those around you each way that they need it, each moment that they need it. For his glory and your joy in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.